Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Sunday Recap, the weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more recordings of our sermons and our podcast, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Cologne. I'm Kendrick Spells. I'm Christmas Chris. <laughs> I'm Jim Wilson. I'm Dave McMurray. Did you say I'm Grinch Wilson? Is that what you said? <laughs> you guys are all about Christmas in your house. Bah, humbug. Bah, humbug. Man, I sincerely dislike putting up Christmas lights so much so that I don't do it. And I saw a picture of a house that just does one strand and they have a Grinch on the floor and he's pulling off the lights. I was like, I could do that uh, Christmas light setup. Funny. Nice. <laughs> I could pull that one off. I think I've seen that one. I think if, I think that's becoming more popular. Mm, I would say I love that one. <laughs> I think as, as a dad, as a dad decorating a house for Christmas, if you don't almost lose your mind with frustration at some point along the way, you're not doing it right. That, that's what I've learned over the years. Mm. Something has to go wrong and make you want to quit and go to sleep or something. Yeah. So, yeah. just so you know, that's part of Christmas. It's part of the, the spirit of Christmas, I think. Right. Do you agree, Dave? No? I think so. You, I, it I, feels like it happens. Well, something like that happens every year for me. <laughs> what I'm struggling with awesome. is... I think also it's important that you master these things by the time you're an empty nester so that it feels oh. easy and fun and you can make the young dads feel like guilty, <laughs> wimpy losers. So I think uh. that's also part of the kind of the whole process that you go through. So. Mm-hmm. I had a great time putting up my Christmas lights. How about you guys? <laughs> In my almost four years of being married to Asia, uh-huh. I'm slowly starting to love putting up Christmas mm-hmm. decorations. Mm-hmm. That's a good husband yes. right there. That's good. Um, well, and don't get me wrong. I love 98.9% of it, but there has to be some moment where, like this year, our tree wasn't drinking the water out of the stand for some reason, so I had to like pull huh. the whole giant thing out, recut it Whoa. off in the living room, Whoa. stick it back in, then the stand wasn't working. It was like falling over. Like, there Whoa. it is. There's that mm-hmm. moment, people. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else went perfectly smoothly. Yeah. Like, sometimes, like, yeah, it's like hanging the lights and something's broken. And But, so, yeah, here's most a of question. it's amazing. But, yes. What's the latest any of you have stayed up assembling or wrapping Christmas presents? Oh, uh, I don't know. Mm. I've never stayed up late. I, you know, I always wrap them early and hide yeah. them in the attic. Don't watch mm. this Asian. This, oh, <laughs> this might be the year. Uh, man, I can't even say what I'm about to say because my kids sometimes overhear the podcast. Oh. But <laughs> Whisper it. For, um, <laughs> I think my parents are going to send something that requires a lot of assembly so Ooh. and is difficult to hide. This is going to be double whammy. We'll see what happens. Ooh. Yeah. It's a cliffhanger. After Christmas, everybody's got to listen to the podcast to find out what, it, right. was. what it was. What was Ooh. the gift? Yeah. <laughs> I think bicycles, it's kind of a cliche, but I assembled a couple of bicycles and stayed up till like 2.30 in the morning and, and wanted to 
harm the bicycle manufacturer and myself at various <laughs> points throughout the night. So wait, wait. Is, this must be a generational thing because I've never put together a bicycle. You just buy them from the giant store and put it in your car. Have you guys, younger guys, have you ever had to assemble a bicycle? Uh, I do remember assembling it's, a bicycle, it but classic. it was not for my children. Mm. Huh. Oh, well. Okay. That's a weird thing. So it came a in a box, Dave? Trampoline. That's this hard. This is not good content. This is not good t- content. But yes, 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 trampoline. Keep going, Kendrick. You're right. <laughs> that, that one would be very hard. Yeah. And it would also hard. be hard to find or to I hide. I did a trampoline for my nephews last oh. year. Oh, so that yeah. That was tough to assemble. But we did it yeah. the day of yeah. Christmas, not before. Gotcha. It was like... Mm. They unwrapped the pieces. Yeah, Chris, yeah. to answer your question, when, when I was assembling the bicycle, uh, it did not come in a box. They actually buried the various pieces of it throughout the city, and we had to find it first. <laughs> and then once we excavated the pieces, then we had to put it together. So it was a really complicated process. Well, Kendrick, I might you be had to calling smelt you. the metal. Oh. Yes. <laughs> if you can, okay. if you yeah. can catch my trap. Mm, ah. mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to do it twice, so call because if you don't do it a certain way, you gotta take it down and do it again. Oh, that's the worst. Mm. Uh, by that's call, how I do I mean hiring you. So <laughs> oh. we do it all out of love, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With joy. Mm-hmm. No, not yet. No joy yet. <laughs> nope. No joy. Joy. You can't do joy until next week. Sorry. <laughs> well. With that, uh, let's talk about our sermon this Sunday. We were in our Advent series in the second week of Advent, which is love. Last week was hope. Next week is joy. The week after is peace. Uh, Claudia keeps really hoping for Christmas to be next week after Ah. church every time. She's like, so (laughs) is Christmas this week? (laughs) Almost. That's the way. That's doing Advent right, man. That's it. Yeah, man. Expectation. Is it Mm. now? Is it now? No, not Mm. yet. Next hill, son. Next Mm. hill, daughter. Mm. 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 Well, this week was love, (laughs) and we're doing our Advent series through Matthew, right? So this was Mm -hmm. Matthew chapter one, the second half. Um, I don't know. You called it love saves. Mm-hmm. And you had two points, which were love is a verb. Mm. No? What was your first point? Love, mm-hmm. uh, man, love saves us from our frame of reference. Frame, frame of, of reference. reference. Saves us from our sin. Yes. You started out by talking about love as a verb. Love this is a verb. This is the problem I have, mm-hmm. is if I didn't take good notes on Sunday, then mm-hmm. I have to look at Dave's notes, and they throw me off because they're not my notes. Mm. But... I was yeah. a little busy this Sunday, so I didn't get to take good notes. But it was a crazy week. You started off by saying love is a revolution, that love is a movement. Love is a... We actually played that song for one of our sermons once back at the school. Love is a movement, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a good song. Switchfoot. Switchfoot, if y'all don't know Switchfoot out there in the world of listeners, it's a great band, and every third song is a love metaphor song. So. Mm. After like 15 albums, they come back to it again and again. Really good. They do it, they do it well. Sounds like I'm teasing them, but they do it well. What are other love songs that you guys can reference? Mm. Hmm. Man. 
Mm, I just hang out with Joey so I don't ever need to have any love or like song references. I just wait for Joey to bring them up. That's my strategy. (laughs) That's the DC Talk love song. Yep. Did you guys remember that one? Isn't that the love is a verb? Isn't that where love is a verb Mm -hmm, comes from? mm Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't, I don't think they invented it, but yeah, they yeah, did write a song yeah, yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. I, so. I just know the old vacation Bible school, First John four seven eight. That song, beloved, let us love one another. One another, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's so, a good so, one. Love is of God. Four, seven, yeah, yeah. What is, <laughs> what is the one that's a uh, G O D is L O V E. Do you remember that one? No, just me. Kendrick. I don't know that one. I didn't go to church really much when I was that age, so I I have a big gap of kid songs. Uh, We went to school, or we went to church a lot when I was in preschool, and then a lot in junior high and high school. But like elementary, didn't really go much. So what songs songs about love do you have from Young Life then? Mm, they were all about <laughs> they were all about love but you know it was like uh, the mamas and the papas and Tom Petty and stuff like that Father Christmas what love songs do you have after the last tear falls Andrew Peterson Ooh. Mm. 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 yes <laughs> deep deep that one's good. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating. I was thinking, uh, this may be diving ahead too fast, but I'll do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> when you're talking about love and the definition of love and what love is and what love isn't, I was just listening to a podcast that was um, talking about how the the most common non-Christian thing to say to Christians is God is love. That That is all he is. That is the... That is, it's, it's, mm. So if you're not being loving, you're not. Hmm. You're being a hypocrite, um, hmm. and it seems like a fine and good thing. And it's but it's like mm-hmm. a strange, dangerous place to be because what they kind of started to unpack. It's really hard to unpack, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which is why it's a good thing to talk about. But we, we as Christians would say, God is who He is. He gets to be mm-hmm. who He is, and that's not. Mm-hmm just love right that's not you know he's not limited to one definition of who he is he's his own definition he gets to tell us who he is and that seems like a strange thing to say but he's Mm -hmm. also just right he's also Mm -hmm. the judge um Mm -hmm. but but he's not less than love that's for sure i don't know i just thought that was an interesting how they said we've we've made an idol out of love so that we've limited to God to only being what we call love, which again we yeah. already know is a definitional problem. So um, you were kind of mm-hmm. diving into that somewhat, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so if the culture has this romantic definition of love, and then the only thing we're able to say about God is God is that, then yeah, we're in deep trouble. <laughs> we've lost, and they get to say a what biblical that is. definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting too, though, because then you know we're called to love as Christians, as Christ followers, because, you know, we get, so you get the greatest commandments, right? Love God, love your neighbor. Um, I had something else in my head. Uh, love covers a multitude of sins. Like, so it's, a, it's, it's kind of a weird juxtaposition of like, 
who God is, but also who we're called to be. I don't know if they mm-hmm. talked about that in your podcast you're listening to either, but hmm. that's, that's good. Uh, Dave, you kind of started off in the sermon talking about some of the ways I would say that we show love mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, brotherly love and things like that all the Greek words for love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the ultimate there's this ultimate like agape love mm-hmm. that that God is but that's funny because I was listening to a podcast too Chris <laughs> and mm. the guys on this podcast were saying uh I think agape love is is sort of like this weird thing where it makes me think of my dad when I'm in trouble. Mm. Uh, <laughs> when I do something wrong, he intervenes hmm. and he says, hey, I love you too much to allow you to continue in that sin. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think that's sort of like the other side. Chris is saying that we we kind of like downplay so we can... Mm-hmm. Over secularize the the glamour of of love being more like a like or favoritism. Mm-hmm. I like you so much that I want to give you all these all these good things. Uh, and they were kind of making the point that a, a real father, if he doesn't discipline his children, uh, he probably doesn't authentically love them. They would make a case for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's mm-hmm. like a total view of of God's love. That's good. That's good. So you're saying love isn't just never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> good point. Good point. What Such are some a weird quote? Some other bad definitions <laughs> of love from well, pop I mean, the culture. Th- the thing I hear the most is just equating sexual attraction with love. You know, I have a feeling of want towards something or someone that not only is love, but then it defines me, you know, which is so crazy. It's crazy that we go there. Yeah, I think that that's a big one. I think just sort of niceness, um, never, mm-hmm. you know, never, never disagreeing, never getting in anyone's way, mm-hmm. o- only ever letting them do whatever they want is... Mm-hmm. And what fulfills them, that, that's probably the, the other big one I see. Which goes back um, to what Kendrick was saying about, no, a father or a mother loves their kids if they stop them <laughs> from mm-hmm. doing bad things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure. Well, and I think that's the danger of the whole thing. Again, kind of what I was getting at is, if humans define what love is, and then we say God is subjected to that definition... Mm-hmm. then he's not actually God, yeah. we are. We've just mm-hmm. we've said what he can and can't be, and then he better live up to that, or else. <laughs> or else, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that was, yeah, that was such a cool, yeah, it's a good good conversation opener, Dave. Big, big can of worms, though, too. Mm. Big can. Not a small can. It's a big can. (laughs) Does anybody else besides Dave have anything inscribed in their wedding rings? Yeah, yeah. Come on. I think mine says 14 carat or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what mine says too. (laughs) I I can't read the inside of it anymore. It's all so tiny. Mine says something. Wait, wait, let me... 
I'm holding mine up to the fire. It says, one ring to rule. What? Oh, <laughs> one ring to bind them. One ring to find them and bind them. Do you speak Elvish? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I've Couldn't also help got it. Our, help it. our wedding date is in there, but I usually don't have to reference that. I actually remember that pretty well. Mm-hmm. And and mine also says 14 carat dash L. What's the L mean? I don't know what the L is. It means light. It's light carrots. Light, light uh, carrots. Mine either says 10 carat or the bottom half of a zero of like a six is erased or an eight is erased. It's really hard to tell. <laughs> Very tiny. Very I need tiny. to adjust my Tune glasses. Tune in next so. time. Tune in next time to find out. Yeah. (laughs) Anybody, uh, yeah, we'll get them tested live on camera next week to see if anybody has fake gold in their rings. Can you read that? Can you read that? Can you read that for me? (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) It's a little blurry. Too small. Uh, uh, Man, I had something in my brain and I lost it. Mm. My brain's gone. We love because he first loved us. Wedding rings. Inscriptions. Oh, anybody? Dave's inscription has his date on it. Anybody have a date coming up soon that they need to remember that should be in their ring? Mm. Anyone? Anyone? Fifteen mm. <laughs> or something? Know. Yes. <laughs> yes. I do. I'm excited about it. Our 15 year anniversary is coming up. Ooh, way to go. Yeah. I have secret, secret plans you can't know about till later but that's yes. like the world of grown-ups man 15 years that's that's intense that's like you've like mm. way shot past the seven year uh establishment of a of a marriage that's that's impressive mm-hmm. there you go that was someone did say oh 15 years you're coming right up on when everybody wants to stop being married like what what are no. you talking about it's like thanks seven. for the weirdest statistic Ever. Statistically, yeah. I think everybody gets divorced around seven. Yeah, we're still loving it. My wife is a holiday ninja, so that's why I haven't had mm. to stay up super late. It's because she, she does awesome. I do help her, but yeah, she's got lots of good stuff. Mm. So anyway, we're she's, gonna have fun. She's yeah. an elf. I'll let you know. What's that? She's an elf. Yeah, she, she, she. I'm serious. Like when I was, yeah, growing up, I didn't even know really what a holiday was. Till I got married, and now it's like, wow! All my kids have like mm-hmm. seven thousand traditions for every holiday. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, anyway, there's my tribute to my wife. But yes, my 15 year anniversary is coming up on the 17th. Y'all can send nice. me uh, Amazon gift cards. Just kidding. That's right. Nice. <laughs> well, at the risk of uh, of uh, giving away too much personal information. We're coming up on uh, seven years, actually. Oh, so well done, the, sir. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, nice. we're just a few days after you, Chris. So wow. nice. crossing the barrier. Nice. I guess I didn't know that that was a thing. It's it's a okay, thing. it's a big thing. Celebrate. I thought it was five years. Make sure to get out and hang up. Get, mm-hmm. get out and hang up those lights, Joey. Make her happy for her anniversary. Not to jump back to Christmas decorations or anything, but I'm all about the inside decorations. I'm not a fan of the outside decoration. Uh, inside. Fair if enough. you could leave Christmas lights up all year, I think I would do it. I'd be mm-hmm. okay with it. Mm-hmm. But that's not even legal. Mm. That's so unloving, City of Harker Heights. All right. <laughs> all right. You guys want to actually rule. talk about the sermon some more? Yeah, man. Let's do that? it. 
don't actually know if that's a rule in Harker Heights. I'm sorry if, if anyone who makes rules in Harker Heights uh, listens to this and that's not actually a rule. I'm, I'm sorry. I made that up. That wasn't very loving of me. All right. Love saves us from our frame of reference. First point of Boom. only two points. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Verse 18 to verse 21, talking about Joseph, I guess, mm-hmm. is kind of what you mm-hmm. focus this on. Joseph and him actually, because he was religious, that this is how he was, he was going to leave Mary over this uh, yeah. in order to do the right thing. That was his frame of reference. So according to Leviticus 20, she was guilty of adultery and must be punished. He was a righteous man and was like, well, I got to do this. But there was also, there seems to be a sensitivity. Different, you know, different people interpret that in different ways. But it, I think that's the, the most simple way to process that is like, he was wanting to do the right thing, probably heartbroken, but also didn't want to like humiliate her too much so he was trying to do this quietly which was unusual it was usually a more of a public shaming in that time and in that culture and then it's so quiet i don't know what's going on and <laughs> and then uh then you talked about i guess like the natural versus supernatural and Mm-hmm. expecting the unexpected mm-hmm. and such right That's yeah next. yeah i mean i think i was trying to set up the tension of uh there's a way of living according to science which is actually very similar to living according to the law so there are rules of how the world works so in the secular worldview there is the revealed rule of science physics biology and we kind of without god we try to kind of operate according to those laws and then as believers or particularly old testament believers they had the rule of law so god's revealed law trying to operate according to those laws i was trying to make the point that even though there's a big gap between us and joseph there's actually a similarity where we might think okay I can just operate according to right and wrong and how the world works and that's enough and I was trying to say God often shakes up our frame of reference our worldview, and asks us not just to lean on the facts and the rules that we have but he wants us to depend on him he wants a relationship and so I think I was able to word it most strongly in the third service last night the outdoor service Afterwards, I was like, oh, man, I wish I'd recorded that one. Um, But I was able to kind of clarify that there's this difference. We often think of Adam and Eve rejecting God and taking the fruit and disobeying. We often put that in the category of non-religious sin, you know, like people that run from God. But it's actually very much religious sin. You know, religious people, we say... God, I want the rules. Give me the rules and then leave me alone. We say, give me the rules and then bless me when I keep the rules, but leave me alone. I don't really want a relationship with you, God. I just want to do righteous things and be blessed for it. And Joseph was shaken out of that stupor. God wanted to invade his life and 
do more. And so I think it's really confusing for us, especially if we have that tendency of leaning towards legalism and rule keeping and trying to be religiously righteous. It can be really confusing to read a text where Joseph was doing the right thing and yet God was like, no, that's not what I want you to do. Right? Like, isn't that confusing? <laughs> it's kind of weird. What did y'all think about that when you first read that text? Hmm. I don't think I noticed. <laughs> I don't think I noticed that there should be anything to be surprised by, really. It's kind of mm. like when you know the end of the story, you know, sometimes you can just be like, oh, yeah, of course, it's Mary. He's not going to, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of like we've peaked at the last chapter going on. But mm. I thought you I thought you really drew that out well. Um, it made me think of uh, we were just reading uh, Luke 6. So that's a cool mm. Christmas tradition you can do is read mm-hmm. a chapter of Luke leading up to Christmas, one a day. Mm-hmm. And that's a cool mm-hmm. way to go through the whole thing. Anyway, but yeah, the Beatitudes in Luke 6 are very much like that, where what you're mm-hmm. saying it's like it's like shockingly anti-logic, and it's Jesus mm-hmm. talking, right? Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry. Blessed mm-hmm. are you who weep. Like, mm-hmm. woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full. Woe to you who laugh. Like, you know, and and so it's definitely a, I don't know, it's a thing that we can too easily gloss over and, and say, um, for sure, depending on where you, you know, where, how you were raised, a lot of it can be just do the right thing and the right thing will happen to you and put in mm-hmm. the work and, and, you know, that's maybe the American dream or the old American mm-hmm. dream, I'm not sure anymore, but it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you work hard and put, put your mind to it, good things will happen. And there's, mm-hmm. there really is that just like, the foolishness of the gospel you have to wrestle with that um mm-hmm. when, when it doesn't when you need to do the thing that doesn't make human sense yeah for the glory of god there's you gotta wrestle with that yeah well said chris good job <laughs> Dave, one of the things that I keep thinking about is how do I, I mean, you address this a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. What is my frame of reference, right? Mm-hmm. And how do I diagnose what my frame of reference is? And I think mm-hmm. uh, it's just hard sometimes to see ourselves and see what we're really expecting or mm-hmm. what we're afraid of. And how we live trusting God or not trusting God because of that. So I just wonder if we can expand on that for people. Mm. Yeah, so one of the diagnostic questions I asked along with this point was, what do you fear? Because that's part of what the angel was answering for Joseph. The angel was saying, Mm -hmm. okay, don't fear. Uh, You trying to do the right thing and do the common sense thing is also to allay your fears that's uh so that's a good helpful question to ask yeah what Mm -hmm. do we fear what do we what are we upset about um and then that kind of helps us build the frame and then we have to kind of offer that i feel like the romans 12 1 and 2 concept of like looking back on god's mercy and then offering our bodies as living sacrifices is a spiritual discipline we do with our emotional life with our family, with our vocation, you know, we're always kind of offering these things back to the Lord. Okay, like, 
this is really important to me, Lord. Uh, okay, I'm offering it back to you. Will you, will you shape this? Don't let me mm. covet it or make it into an idol. Let me keep freely offering it back to the Lord, so it'd be used for His glory and not, not become a false savior for me. And so I think our fears are a road to that, in a sense. You know, uh, mm. helping us discover when we're holding things too tightly. Mm. And there's a sense too, I think. Maybe this is unpacking too much of that, but mm-hmm. I wonder about that. Like fear, it's fear in itself a sin or is your reaction to fear a sin? Because um, I think sometimes I'll talk to people and they they almost are like, they go through that diagnostic route and they think the end of that diagnostic route is, uh, okay, so I, I fear losing my family, say. So mm-hmm. I need to not even, I don't even, not even care. Like I'm not, right. I'm not actually being righteous until I don't care about that at all. Mm-hmm. Huh. But I think probably, probably there's something more creaturely yeah. in there where we should like, like fear is almost like good pain. It's like, we should fear mm-hmm. some things sometimes we do fear irrational things, okay. but there are some rational things we fear because we are weak and not God. And we need to hand those over to him. Does that make sense? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. If <laughs> there's a danger there of saying I should never fear anything. I don't know. Yeah. What, when, when at what point does Christian, this fear equated, sin, maybe? Yeah. I equated Christianity with stoicism. Like, I think I really had that mixed up. But I think that was a big, a big error. And I think it's an error in many Christians' lives. So then the end goal is to never have any fears or anxieties again. The end. You know. <laughs> Rather than, I guess what I was trying to say is rather than making it a process. Okay, Lord, I offer this to you. Okay, Lord, this is a clue. There's something going on in my heart. You know, it's not a, ooh, I had a weird feeling. Whip myself. That's terrible. Never have a weird feeling again. You know, (laughs) it's offering our feelings to God. God, I have a weird vibe. I give this to you. What's going on? You know, it's like this constant conversation with God. Whereas I think when I was a young man, I was like, nope, stuff it. No feelings. Feelings bad. And, uh. I think keep keep giving them back to the Lord is how I'd express that, or keep talking to Him about them, or sharing them. He's He's really the one we can be most honest with, right? He already knows them <laughs> anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That tech for me, I didn't. When I looked at it, mm-hmm. it was kind of simple view of man. Uh, now it's easy to spend a lifetime being fearing being let down by the ones that you love mm. and uh, the angels kind of like nah lean into that love mm-hmm. uh, Mary didn't actually do what you think she did and, and I'm in this weird thing uh, so, so uh, yeah that was really it for me it was just like huh we can easily be afraid to be hurt by those mm-hmm. that we love mm-hmm. uh, and so we can we can have that fear of not leaning into loving others mm. uh, because we don't want to be let down and hurt by them, which is a fear that we should also give to God mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So good. Cheer up. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Cheer up. Jack Miller. So good. Which happens to be from a book that you Mm -hmm. were able to read before it was released. 
Yeah. Because you're famous. And that was really upsetting to Joey. That seems unfair, doesn't it, Joey? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's funny that because it's not released, when you talk about it, you can't be like, oh, go get this book or whatever. So every time you have to say, it's a book I read before it's been released. It'll be released in a couple of weeks. And I just think it's yeah, so yeah. funny because yeah. you've re- referenced it so many times. And I just think it's funny that you can't be like, here's where you find the book. Go get go it. Go buy it. Actually, you can go pre-order it. Pre-order now. <laughs> Click that like and subscribe button. Uh, it's Cheer Up by Michael Graham. It's a biography of Jack Miller. And Jack Miller would say, cheer up, you're worse off than you think, right? So that's the attack of the bad news. We're actually sinners. But he would follow that up with, cheer up, you're more loved, or God's grace is bigger than you ever imagined. And then he started adding in this thing about the Holy Spirit, depending on the Spirit. Cheer up, God's Spirit works in your weakness. Um, So he had this personal revival kind of in middle age where he he was just involved in more and more ministry, started coming to the end of himself kind of more personally broken and realizing like, man, I need the Holy Spirit to survive moment by moment. It's not enough to just be a smart, reformed theologian, which is a it's a particular um, danger in the, say, in the reformed world or in the Dallas Seminary kind of Bible exposition world, or I've got a good buddy that's in the Calvary Church movement, I think, in that movement as well. Just any movement that's all about Bible teaching and doctrine. You know, like when we're about the truth and the Bible we can often just stop there and make that enough, you know, our great learning and knowing the truth. And he really was really rocked by this awareness of like, oh, I need the Holy Spirit too. You know, I need the Holy Spirit to come in and empower me and uh, inform me and guide me and direct me. And so I was really seeing that as a similar kind of learning process that Joseph was going through. Okay, I've got my common sense. I've got God's law. Oh, I need I need to have an active relationship with God too. Um, and so I think that's a mysterious part of our relationship with God, learning to depend on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think? Alright, here's the big question. How do you depend on the Holy Spirit? Kendrick, go. <laughs> Uh, I think it is, man. Okay, short answer. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, often I just start by praying mm. uh, that God's Spirit would lead me, guide me. Uh, mm-hmm. Scripture reference Him as uh, sort of like an intercessor when we mm. don't know what to pray, mm. and uh, it's, mm-hmm. so I. It, for me, it's kind of weird because I came from a, a background that was like very low theology, very low like Bible, mm-hmm. very, yeah, just very high on emotion and easy to misinterpret the role of the Holy Spirit, what, mm-hmm. who he is and the Godhead. And mm. So for me, it's been this trying to combine the two and and say okay uh god's spirit will it in the morning will it wake me up and tell me to put on pink or red socks Mm. (laughs) or will it convict me from from sin uh and and just kind of trying to walk that line so usually i pray god if you can help me by your spirit love uh convict me from sin 
mm-hmm. and just let me be open to be led because I think a, a, a danger that I have seen is, is sort of trying to put God's spirit in the box by saying, mm-hmm. oh, we don't see him leading people in this way in the scriptures, which I very carefully tread. Um, but I think it's for that reason, it's easy to sort of be like, ah, oh, no, that's not God's spirit that's prompting me to do this or leading me not to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's really just my prayer. Let me be open to be led by you. Um, convict my heart about certain things. And that's sort of uh, a way I'm starting to trust now. It's just to, in a nutshell, like you've been saying, just ask God to invade my, my life, my everyday life. Mm. That's good. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of your application for that first point, Dave. Uh, and I, I would say, too, that it's like, uh, you know, it's a it's a long time. You're not going to just, fear's not going to just be gone one night mm-hmm. radically. I mean, it might be, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but it's continued obedience. So we talk about, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. moving, you know, progressing in the same direction, um, mm-hmm. being faithful, trusting him more and more like oh for the grace to trust him more right like mm-hmm. it, it's not necessarily something that's going to happen overnight it's not necessarily something that you can radically get but one day you know you can look back and say oh man look at look at where I used to be and look at how much more I trust him you know mm-hmm. yeah I mean I find that that there it's kind of like a trigger to remind me to run to God uh, you know, I'm trying to be careful about my words. Like, it's not like, oh, fears are good, you know, but it's also not, I guess I've just learned to not whip myself when I have fears. I'm just like, oh, I'm afraid. This is a good reminder. I need God. He's He's the person I go to when I'm afraid, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, I prefer walking upstairs on my knees anyway to whip it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. There's all kinds of good ways to self-punish there. Anybody else? We're, you know, Kendrick came from a, I mean, it's, I love hearing Kendrick talk about that kind of coming from a different background. I think the rest of us have been more in this one tradition. I don't know. Have y'all learned different, different ways of thinking about the spirit or depending on the spirit? Or is it the same kind of thing we've been talking about? Yeah, I think there's just, I don't know, things happen that you mm. feel prompted to do something. Mm-hmm. And and if we're not paying attention, we tend to just think, "Oh, I thought that." Yeah. And I think there really is this, you know, this mysterious part of it where we have promptings from the Holy Spirit, call this person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, do something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I think we have to we have to train ourselves to say, "Okay, God, I know that you're active in my life, but through the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit." And so help me see that more often and be more open to the influence of the Holy Spirit and the acknowledgement that, yeah, he's there. He's mm-hmm. with me. I, I mm-hmm. you know, and it, I think that's because it's mysterious and that we can't see it. I think we tend to, because we live in the society we live in, we tend to ignore it sometimes. And we think every, mm-hmm. every thought we have is our thought. Mm-hmm. Right. I came up with it, mm-hmm. but as a believer, uh, we know that God is—he's doing things. He's—he's mm-hmm. he's pushing us to do things in a way. Yeah. Mm. 
Hmm. Yeah, that's good. I've had a lot of those those kinds of moments the last few weeks. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, just last week, I had a weird morning and some negative stuff was happening and feeling a little like rattled personally and got a text from one of my friends that's probably more on the, I don't know, Pentecostal or charismatic or spirit, you know, talks a lot more about the spirit and more spontaneous prayer and stuff. It was like, hey, been praying for you, thinking about you, you know, like out mm -hmm. of the blue or was it really out of the blue, you know? Yeah. I think the spirit really led him to be thinking of me and praying for me. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. We, I think we've talked a lot of with a lot of the uh, artistic types in the church and thinking mm -hmm. about how. So uh, we're we're doing this Christmas creative challenge, and that made me think of that. Like, I feel so often that every creative endeavor is mm -hmm. is a moment to either think in a secular way and like. I'm just pulling these thoughts out of my head or or realizing it's a lot more like a prayer that, <laughs> you know, it's a lot more like God entering into, you know, uh, yeah, not every thought you have is from God, <laughs> I guess mm -hmm. you can have evil thoughts, but, um, yeah. but yeah, there, there's, it's this strange tension. I just think we've talked over the years of like, you know, even the secular idea of a muse there's a muse out there and you need to chase the muse and that this muse will give you give you insight and and it's like man what a what a weird way to talk about <laughs> spiritual things but but there's something maybe something there about uh especially as christian artists the, the holy spirit entering into this creative process of where where do these truths and good things and beauty where does this beauty come from because mm -hmm. it's not just something i could come up with on my own um yeah. But yeah, I think the biggest, one of the biggest things for me, honestly, is to continue to struggle to remember when I sit down to read my Bible, I'm never sitting down alone. This is, mm -hmm. it's never, it's never an unspiritual, unaided process. Because um, mm -hmm. I think throughout my life, uh, it, it, that, for some reason, that act of sitting and reading and praying feels a lot, can feel a lot like, okay, open up the, encyclopedia and read a few entries and put some knowledge in your head you know it's just this very dry can can sometimes mm -hmm. feel like a dry thing rather than no this is a spiritual moment where the holy spirit is here with me and in me and and willing to help and so i think that's just that's a thing i just try to constantly remind myself when i sit down with with god's word is that this is more than meets the eye for sure mm -hmm. so the the f having your frame of reference rocked leads to the second point, which is focusing on the atonement. But I was thinking of like a toggle or a movement piece in Romans in Romans three twenty six, where he says that God is both just, right? Joseph was just, wanted to do the right thing, but didn't have everything he needed. <laughs> he needed God to invade his frame of reference and give him more. So it wasn't condemning his justness but there was like something on top of that. And so God is just, he's just, and justice matters and righteousness matters, but he's also the justifier of those who have faith in Jesus. And so the gospel is not less than the law, the gospel is more than the law. And that, I think that's the movement from like, okay, you know, I think, again, I think there's a parallel between science and law because all through Galatians, you could just kind of chart out how Paul talks about 
law versus gospel, flesh versus spirit. Science is basically flesh. It's what we can see, touch, measure, right? And that's not mm-hmm. evil. It's just not enough, you know? <laughs> so it's like the law's not bad. And, you know, Paul has to keep saying this throughout Romans and Galatians. Well, the law's not bad. It's just not enough. Like all it does is show us the problem and like we're weak and we need God. We need him. We need his power. We need his strength. We need the gospel. And we can't just keep the law on our own. We need him to break into space and time to disrupt our world. And, and so anyway, I think that's that helps to kind of tie together the the world, the natural world plus the law world are kind of on the same team. You know, <laughs> that's that's one team and that's human flesh. And then there's the gospel the gospel which is more than that it's not against those things it's more than those things so with that point two love saves us from our sin Mm, word love saves us from our sins second or the last part of the uh, first Mm -hmm. chapter of Matthew Mm -hmm. um, you know she'll bear son call his name Jesus because he'll save the people from his sins Um, his name will be Emmanuel which means God is with us Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about the name Joshua mm-hmm. and how we should all name our children Joshua. There you go. <laughs> From now on. Because it's a magical name. <laughs> there will be an aura of power. No, 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 no. That's not it. No, I was just saying it was just a super common name, you know, and that, that just speaks to this, uh, he's a human. He is God, you know, like he's 100% man. He's 100% divine. He had an ordinary, boring name. His name means Yahweh saves. And that really translates into the reality of Emmanuel, different word, which means he's God among us. When people look at him, they'll know that God is with us. So you should start naming your kids Emmanuel, not not Joshua. I just thought it was cool. I mean, because we hear, I guess we just hear that all the time. Maybe it's back to Chris's, you know, knowing the whole story. We miss yeah. some of the details sometimes. Mm-hmm. We miss the uh, trees for the forest or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a cool little connection that that it was a really common name but it had all this significance and it meant so much being that it was the God man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's another law gospel thing. Moses led them out of slavery, right? The Exodus, but Joshua led them into the promised land. So mm-hmm. There's some important symbolism there that is picked up in the new Testament as well. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, there's just these two two giant pillars, obviously, uh, of the Christian faith, uh, right? Christmas and Easter. <laughs> My kids are asking, why do we celebrate Christmas so much more? Or why does the world celebrate Christmas so much more than Easter? But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think it's interesting because sometimes I, I just am struck with this, like, we do have these huge pillars, the cross and the cradle, I guess. <laughs> Different way to put it. And it's and like... a silver spoon and little boy blue. And yeah. the <laughs> there it is. There's the references. That's why I hang out with you, Jerry. Good work. That's what uh, I'm here for. The, <laughs> but I think sometimes, sometimes we do, we unpack um, 
the cross, maybe even more sometimes uh, mm-hmm. in song and stuff like that. And I just, I, man, I just keep keep coming back to like, what did it mean for infinite God to become finite man? Like that, that you know, like the yeah, de- yeah the death and resurrection of Jesus is where our our faith lies. But it began with this incarnation, and I, it just. It, I, I don't know that it, I think the thing is it just it's so far beyond our comprehension we just can't even really like ponder yeah. it very long it's just like yeah. oh well it happened I don't even know like mm-hmm. gosh but I don't know that just that made me think of that the the gospel story and the depth of it and, and what a sacrifice before the cross was was yeah. Jesus becoming Josh or you know <laughs> whatever becoming Mike, a man Bob. <laughs> Bill, Jim. Chris, Joe, Jesus <laughs> becoming Josh. <laughs> yeah, Man. yeah. I think the word becoming Josh. There you go. I think it's it really important to slow down at Christmas time and ponder that. So yeah, to your point, Chris, I think that's an important part of of growing in our thoughts about that. But there's also like a weird danger. So because we're an expository Bible teaching bunch, there's not a lot of explanation of. Jesus's humanness apart from the gospels so yeah I'm kind of thinking out loud I think we kind of want there to be more about him as a little kid or a baby and there's not but there's a lot about the last three years of his life you know so there really is a lot of material about him being a human that depends on God so there we do get a lot of that kind of theologically but it's not tied to little baby Jesus little you know and but I think we still get the like meat of that incarnation, you know, the incarnation, we get to see the incarnation, just n- not little kid Jesus. Well, yeah. Speaking of the meat of incarnation, you made a connection with communion and sacrificial mm-hmm. lambs. Mm-hmm. What was that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't look through your notes enough to see if it's there, but mm-hmm. I remember thinking in the moment, I mean, I was, I was behind a camera this week, so I was mm-hmm. focusing on making sure everything looked great, yeah. but but I remember thinking, oh wow, that's such a cool connection. Can you remind me well, of that, or did it just happen in the moment and you won't remember it? No, I was thinking about it. Uh, so uh, for sure, I probably won't remember the exact words, but conceptually, I remember thinking all all of the Old Testament sacrifices. Hebrew says they're all pointing to Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice. In communion, mm-hmm. it's Jesus coming in and basically replacing the Passover sacrifice with himself and then handing that off to the church as a way to remember him. But I think it just started gelling in my mind, oh, the obvious handoff is, you know, a helpful way to talk about communion is to connect it to Passover, and I do that a lot. But really, in a sense, if, if Hebrews is right and he swept away all the former sacrifices and all we've got as far as ritual left is communion, in a sense, communion is a remembrance of everything, every sacrifice, you know? So that's just, honestly, that's just kind of a new thought process for me um, to think about how that's a stand-in for all sacrifice. You know, he's, he's the sacrifice, so it's clear that he's, he's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Passover was one of those kinds of sacrificial remembrances, but there were a bunch of other sacrificial remembrances that they did, you know. And that's just made me want to dig into that more, really, just kind of study it more and mine it for uh, 
you know, teaching opportunities, ways for us to ponder the goodness of, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Have any of y'all done studies of the sacrifices or of the festivals, either one? I know that sometimes that's a fruitful kind of study to go down. Any of y'all read a book on it or gone to a class on that kind of thing? Oops. All right, we need to we need to do it. We need to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I vaguely yeah. remember studying them in seminary, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I, don't I think it's another anything. one of those things we kind of maybe avoid because it gets weird so quick, you know. But it's really fruitful. It's very helpful to pursue. There's just a quick jump a lot of times. You know, we see Judaizers over the, you know, people that all of a sudden then think they're saved because they have memorized all the Jewish festivals or because they say Yeshua instead of Jesus. You know, like there's this funny kind of cultural trapping that happens quickly. I think uh, Kendrick's talked to more folks that are more wrapped up in Jewish stuff. I've had conversations lately with somebody. But I think we need to be careful not to avoid it just because people take it to extremes, if that, if that makes sense. Well, we should, we should do one of the celebrations at our church, Dave. What do you think? Dude, we're going to try to have a Seder mill before... Uh, before Easter, so maybe a couple weeks before Easter. Jews for Jesus, folks. I think that's it. Man, I hope I said the right one. There's two ones. I've, I'm on the newsletter list for Chosen People Ministries and Jews for Jesus. I think it's Jews for Jesus. So. Yeah, hopefully that'll be helpful. Cool. That'll, so that'll be specifically Passover. Yep. And now I'm thinking, oh, man, I want to like go beyond that and study more of the other sacrifices as well. So. Anybody got a cow we can borrow this Christmas? Nah. <laughs> that might be taking too borrow. Far. <laughs> It'll be lightly used afterwards. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. What do y'all think we got the new container in the back of the building for? <laughs> yes. Just kidding. So, right. so I had a, I, I had mm-hmm. a question. Maybe I don't know if this mm-hmm. is the right time. Mm-hmm. So you started out the sermon with wrong definitions of love. Mm-hmm. And you said the definition of love is love saves us from our sin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's good. And my mm-hmm. brain always is like, okay, let me stress test this. Let me try to apply this. Mm-hmm. So, so what yep. I guess, that, and that might be helpful. So what does that mean? If the definition of love is love saves us from our sin, what does loving a wife look like mm. in that context? That's good. Do you have any, or are there any scriptures on that topic, Christopher, that you mm. could think of? I'll ask my pastor. I bet he studied it pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You've read your Bible. You go look at Ephesians 5, maybe. Ephesians 5. Thank you, Elder Jim. Yeah, that's a good one. What are some of the instructions that Ephesians 5 gives us? Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He laid down his life, right? Okay, that's right. Yeah. Gave himself I mean, we also it. get what love is patient, love is kind. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians Long 13. Long yeah. suffering. Mm-hmm. What was the other one? Hebrews what? Long suffer with your wife, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> For 15 plus years. <laughs> We had just been partying, man. I got to so get on that. All right, yeah, you better start suffering with her. <laughs> sorry, Brooke. Man, that is a fascinating. Though it's good. Like I'm, I'm thinking this is such an interesting. At first, I, you know, at first blush, 
I, I knew I knew there was more there, you know. But at mm-hmm. first blush, mm-hmm. my instinct was love saves us from our sin. That's not even a definition. Like, what are you? What? Uh-huh. Like, I know uh-huh. God is love, but it, it seems like one step away. Yeah. But that really does unpack a lot. So I'm like, okay, so your enemies, love saves from sin. Does that just mean you have an agenda to save from sin, or that means I sacrifice myself? And it could also sound yeah, like, just, you know, yeah. you are the one to do this. Go save your wife from yeah. your sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, good point. Good point. Yep. We are not love. We follow love. Or we yeah. we can display love sometimes, but we are not mm-hmm. love. This is the way. Well, I was looking at, yeah, I was looking at it as the recipient. How do I know that I've been loved? Mm-hmm. You know, because just because somebody says I love you doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily communicate that you've really been loved. It can turn yeah. into, well, I love pizza too. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Well, that's fascinating too because then you unpack it a little farther t- with, so what is sin? And one of, the, one of the definitions of sin is falling short of God's glory. Mm-hmm. So there's this, there's this beautifying act that love is, right? It's taking mm-hmm. you out of, of a pit and raising you up. I remember probably the best compliment talking about marriage. Someone once just came up to me and said randomly, like, like you, I can tell you love Brooke well because she's just kind of glowing or like he, she's mm-hmm. thriving, I guess. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so I think mm-hmm. that, that just stuck with me so hard. Like, yeah. wow. So that's what love looks like. Is it, it, it does help the other person thrive by helping mm-hmm. them get out of the sin and, and grow and, and mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that goes to the image in Ephesians 5, right? Washing her with the water of the word, um, sacrificing, loving as your own body, right? Those are some of the images there. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, the washing with the water seems very logical that Paul has in mind Jesus' final act with his disciples. He washed their feet. Um I think we have a lot of images, a lot of fodder there. And I go back to Romans 12, you know, what we were saying at the beginning, the whole offering your bodies as living sacrifice is a, is a model that Jesus gives us. And then Romans 12 descends into some clear, you all have unique gifts. So you have unique ways that you will be offering your bodies as living sacrifices. So you look mm-hmm. back to the sacrifice that Christ made for you. You say, Jesus loves me. You're going to sacrifice for others. And that actually looks like using your gifts. If you lead, lead. If you have gifts of mercy, go show mercy. You know, like, so there's going to be unique flavors, I think, to it as well. There's also the need-based aspect of that, right? And so that's, as pastors, we're always balancing that out. Like, hey, people of God, use your gifts. And then like, hey, people of God, just do whatever is needed. You know, like those are the, I think, the two um, Mm -hmm. boundaries, maybe the two edges of, of service. It's okay to start with your gifts, but sometimes people need something different than your gift or something more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's what I was, um, uh, as you were talking, it's kind of solidifying in my head. Like your definition, love saves us from sin. To the high justice person, that could mean love stops people from sinning. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But that's not, that's not what the whole story is. It, it needs to have that also like... Jesus just didn't stop us from sinning. 
he mm-hmm. gave us new hearts and he, he right he there's a glorifying side of love and there's a yeah. renewing side of love love lifts up right so yeah. all right dave i like your definition I, that's what i'm saying Thanks, man. i like it Thanks. it's good <laughs> i approve chris well, seal of approval first john four talks back and forth it's, i mean the great the exclusive claim of first john four uh 10 is awesome because he's 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 being exclusive but you know he's also still being inclusive of everything else because the, the whole book is like love each other help each other out but then he's like but this is really love not that we love god but that he loved us so he kind of makes the movement of god and christ ultimate that's really it that's the real it and then everything we all we do is kind of like a little baby version of that um, so if you read the rest of the book, he's not meaning exhaustively, yeah, none of the other love really counts at all. It's not real love. He's just saying the, the ultimate is, is God loving us. That's the ultimate. Mm, the baby Which, version of love. Get it? Get it? Uh, <laughs> baby Jesus? Yes. Write that down, Terry. Um, <laughs> it is... But, and that's how we talk a lot about gospel-centered theology and gospel-centered preaching. And a lot of the way we understand that is getting the order right. So, you know, Ephesians 2 through 10 says we're not saved by our works, we're saved by grace. But then that leads to us doing good works. So it's getting, mm-hmm. making sure we get, you know, we don't get the cart before the horse, making we sure get the order right, the engine that pulls us towards good works and love towards others is what God has done to us first. You know, so that's the, like going back to my wedding ring, we love because he first loved us. We have to keep that order straight in our worship, in our service, in our teaching. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought that was a powerful ending point too, was that, you know, the the first John 4, you know, 11, 12, that, you know, no one's ever seen God. But, mm. you know, if we love one another then God lives in us and, you know, people can see it. It was like, uh, man, was this my, just my church growing up? They will know we are Christians by our love, by our <laughs> yeah. love. That's a good song, man. I don't think I've ever sang that song. I think I've just heard it like in shows. Really? It's funny. We oh, had, we had ne- I had never actually sang that song in church until one time my band did it for some oh. conference. We played for a conference, and it was on love or something, and we were like, we should bring back this oldie, and we did, huh. and it was uh, it was something. We did it. That's so cool. <laughs> but anyways. Beautiful. Powerful way to end. Anybody else have any power to end with? Go, Jesus. It's pretty hard to beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we loved having you this week. We would love for you to join us this Saturday for our blood drive. Go to begrace.org slash blood. Begrace.org slash blood. Sign up for your spot to donate. They're going to give away something. Uh, I'm kind of sad. They promised that they would be giving away turkeys and hams (laughs) from H-E-B, a coupon for it. And then they, they reneged. So they said, we'll have something, maybe a hat or a t-shirt. But they're also giving away a free car to somebody who donates blood through Carter Blood in the month of December. So if you want a free car, 
or I guess a chance to win a free car. Ooh. Here's your chance. It might Whoa. be a smart car or some little tiny thing. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't hey, actually even say if it was a, a running car. They didn't actually say that either. But oh, yeah, yeah, man. I got a car. I can donate then. <laughs> <laughs> but... BeGrace.org slash blood Sign up for your spot We still have uh, lots of slots available So if you're eligible and able and willing Central Texas needs blood uh, Sunday mornings we're back uh, At 9am In person sign up at uh, BeGrace.churchcenter.com I don't know I'm guessing here I don't know that one Yeah that's it That's it. All right. Good job. BeGrace.churchcenter.com For our 9am and our 11am service uh, also, uh, um, evening is at four o'clock now. Join us for four o'clock. Yes. Uh, I don't think we have any other special events this week. We did them all last week. Um, Christmas Eve is coming up, five p.m. on Christmas Eve, in the in the parking lot. No, in the park, not the parking lot. In the park, it's going to be decorated for Christmas. We'll have hot chocolate and yummy. Um, dessert treats and that's uh outside one service only for christmas eve so you'll get to see everybody uh who comes at one time not a bunch of split up services but it's outside in the parks so we'll have tons and tons of space so bring uh, six blankets bring your winter coats and uh, warmers Warmers. And pray for snow, right? <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That would yeah, be good. We had flurries one Christmas Eve once, I remember. <laughs> it could happen. It, it could happen. happen. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for tuning in. We will see you all next week. Close. Bye.